Michael Jordan is not only the best basketball player, but he's the most exciting basketball player to ever play. Tatum fires away, pumps it in, 51 for Jason Tatum. The Big Three NBA podcast is powered by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Big Three NBA podcast. I'm Kwani Lunas, HR Blakely, Gary Washburn joining me right at the heels of the NBA All-Star Weekend extravaganza. Let's get right into it off the top. We're going to talk about the East winning, not winning, dominating, really, the West, Team West. Damian Little, um, sorry, I'm fine away now, but let's start with Tatum. Let's just go into the game itself. Tatum, Brown, stand out during the weekend. What are your takeaways from that? Well, Gary was there, so I'm going to let him kick this one off. Uh, it was a nice weekend. I mean, both guys played well in the game. I mean, the game was terrible, but both guys got their shots off and scored and seemingly had a good time. Jalen had 36 points. He could have been up for MVP, but I just don't think Dane was really going for it. I think Dane, I think I looked because it was like four or something minutes left, five minutes left. And I'm like, Dame's got 32, but he was out of the game. So I'm like, yeah, maybe if Jalen can get more than 32, he's got a shot. But then Dame came back into the game late, got seven more points, I think finished with 39. And uh, obviously the voters, it was either Jalen or Tyrese, sorry, uh, Little or Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, and before I didn't have a vote. So uh, he ended up winning MVP. But I thought Jalen, fair, you know, Jalen did well. Jason did well. Both of them played the way you're supposed to play in an All Star game and get his point. They scored. They showed some of their skill set. But I mean, I said the game was terrible. It was just don't compete. The crowd wasn't really into it in the game. The All Star game was becoming like the oh yeah we got to do this huh kind of part of the weekend where you know you got the excitement of the celebrity game, you know, if you really are into, if you know any of those celebrities, I am losing touch with some of these, like, who is that? Oh, he's a social media influencer. Oh, she's an Instagram model. It's like, okay, my bad. Um, (laughs) And then there's the rising stars and people, I didn't get a, I didn't watch a whole lot of that, but people seem to enjoy it. And then all-star Saturday, you know, it's just starting to lose its steam and the game is becoming anticlimactic where it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Like, they've actually got to play the game. And I think there's just so much for these guys going on. Like, we can discuss this later. But just they get there, all the marketing commitments, appearances, you know, Jason had stuff for for his bank, for his shoes. Jalen had stuff for, uh, you know, other sponsors and stuff. So by the time they get to Sunday, these guys ain't ready to play no ball like that. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they're not, they're not as they're not as engaged, and it, it showed on the court. It's like but, a late pickup game, but like yeah. But for Jason and Jalen, it was a good it was a good showing for both of them in yeah. terms of yeah. like scoring. Yeah, I mean they they did what they're supposed to do with those things and just put on a little bit of show for the folks. Show why you're one of the best players in the NBA, and I thought they did that. But to, to Gary's point, Gary, Gary, he's such a nice guy. He really is. I'm going to tell you what that game is, Gary. It's trash. It's trash. 
It's not terrible. It's not bad. It's good. It's trash. No one cares about that game, including those who are playing in the game. That When I watch the All-Star game now, it reminds me of those days back when you would play pickup and you'd be on the court for like three hours or so. And you know that you got maybe one more game in you, but you really don't want to play it, but you still got 10 people there. So you just play anyway. You ain't playing no defense. You, you, you shot chugging from half court. You take it. You're doing everything that is anti-fundamental in the game. I mean, Dave Willard had a great game, obviously. He took two shots from half court. He made them. He made them, which is great. But in what world would he be raising up from half court unless it was like at the end of a game? He's got deep range, but damn, you don't do that. The, the game has become so anticlimactic and frankly, just boring. Uh, this is what I suggest they do. And this is Sherrod putting on his commissioner's cap for a moment and giving him some real ideas of how to change this thing up, okay? Let's Scrap this. First of all, you can designate players to be all-stars and continue to do that, but in actual games played, you need to make it more of like a one-on-one or two-on-two thing. We take the best two-man tandems, pair them up together, play each other, play for money, obviously, play for your charity, and those kind of games will have way more intrigue in them because who would not like to see Tatum and Brown go up against like, um, you know, Steph and Clay or, or, or something like just make the game. Cause I would say one-on-one, but players ain't got that. They got that heart to play one-on-one because they're afraid that if they lose, that's going to hurt their brand. So we got to go two on two and you can't do three on three because there's a certain rapper out on the West coast who's got a, got something similar to that and the nba don't want to get in they don't want that smoke because that that could be some legal smoke they might deal with 212 is the way to go you do that you're going to get interest from folk from fans you're going to i think get a better buy-in from the players and to be honest you're still going to get the same audience except you're actually going to get them to watch the entire show and you could make it one of those deals where you play like best like um uh you, you start off with like maybe eight players and two, you know, four teams or two, and then you you play first round, then you play a championship, just like you do with the three point shootout, just like you do with all the other things. To me, you but you've got to do something to mix it up because the, what you're putting out there now is trash. It is absolute trash. That being said, Jalen and Jason had a nice weekend. Sure. They did what they're supposed to do, but the format that they have to do it in, I think, is trash. Yeah, to your point, I think someone has to just be really interested. I mean, not even because to your point, like people know who the best players in the league are at this point. If I were the NBA, though, just put my cap back on for a second. <laughs> I'm trying to work the WNBA into All-Star Weekend, specifically next year with Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese. I got to find a space for them in the All-Star Weekend. I have to. It's good for them. It's good for the WNBA. It's good for the NBA. It's good for bottom line because now all of a sudden you're going to have people who are going to be investing in whatever event they're involved with that may not necessarily have given a damn about the NBA All-Star Weekend before. They've got to become creative about this, though. Well, I think all what right. they... What the, NBA, yeah, what, the, <laughs> what the NBA did, I think with the WNBA, a lot of people might not know, like they had like um, a lot of WNBA players out there for do That's discussions in the NBA crossover, which is kind of the NBA like indoor amusement park uh, at the convention center. They had like this crossover, this uh, with discussions and they had like autograph signings. I thought like uh, Leo Boston was there. Shakira uh, was for the center for the mystics uh, was, was there. So they did incorporate 
a lot of WNBA players, current WNBA players and All-Star Weekend in terms of the fans, right? Maybe not on the floor. Now, I don't know why they um, dumped the shooting stars where it took a WNBA player, a legend, and then a current player from a from a team. So, you you know, if you're Boston, you might have somebody from the Connecticut Sun, or you might pull out Eddie House, That's a good uh, idea. somebody like that, Peyton Pritchard, and, you know, uh, Alicia Thomas, Alicia, Alicia Thomas from the Sun. Yeah. Yeah. And they would participate in competition against, you know, somebody from the Knicks, from the Liberty, and then like a Knicks legend, things like that. Like, I thought that was a cool plan. I thought that was that was cool because you got all the things involved. Mm -hmm. Um, but they stopped that and they did this right the shooting uh skills competition, which is kind of confusing. It's really not a lot of really action. It's throw the ball through the hoop and make a shot. And it it, you know, it's it's nice, but it doesn't do a lot. Three point so other than other than kill time, you know, and I yeah. think that was one of the reasons why they made that tweet. That thing is, and it's an hour. I thought it was way right. too long. It was a yeah. full hour. Um, the three point contest is fine. The dunk contest, uh, we can talk about that later with Jalen. But the All Star game, my trash list. But keep going. The All Star game, I think you're just gonna. Ha- it's gonna take um, leaders from each team to go up to their brethren, their younger teammates, and go, whether it be LeBron, Giannis, and go, listen, mofos, like, we're going to play hard. Like, it's going to take leadership. But when LeBron's like, hey, I'm only going to play the first half, and LeBron left the bench for part of the game and went back to whatever, like... Took a nap, got a sandwich. Yeah. If, if the veterans aren't taking it that seriously, then the young guys are not going to take it that seriously. So what you have to do is you have to have some command in that locker room because the coach can't, can't do nothing. Right. But, you know, LeBron's got to go to guys like Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns and go, hey, fellas, listen, we've been messing around too long in this game. Midway through the third quarter, we're going to pick it up. And there needs to be some bad blood and some real pride in your conference. There just isn't that pride in the Eastern, Eastern Conference. Like, this isn't rap. East Coast, West Coast rap. <laughs> like these, these guys don't have the pride in their conference as like we're the best conference in the in the NBA. No, we're the best. Like they just don't have that. And then, so and then it, is money a part of it? Yes. And people, oh, how you well paid player and multimillionaires? Like we saw what happened in the end season tournament. They got incentivized by the money. So you have to give them incentive, but I don't know if it's just straight cash or if it's like money for a charity or a cause or something where they can look good by giving to to less fortunate, but also be encouraged to play hard. So I don't know what I, you know, will kill the, I don't think you should kill the all-star game. I think it still can be fun and I think it still can be an event, but stressing to them to play hard just ain't doing it it's still it's gonna take the veteran players the leaders in this in the league the lebrons the Stephs, um you know the eastern conference you know (laughs) yeah even tatum it's gonna take those guys to really go to their younger teammates and say listen 
This is what about that. This is what's about to happen. And those guys, young guys, have to listen. They can't rebel and be like, "Shut up, old man!" Like, right. there's got to be some hierarchy here, and there isn't because I don't think LeBron. You know, LeBron showed up. Nothing against LeBron. He's he's LeBron. Like he didn't come into town till Saturday. You know, like he just hey, I'm gonna take an extra vacation day. I'm not I'm not doing that media stuff on Friday. You know. So now some of the players don't take the weekend as seriously because in all honesty, as we talked about, the weekend is a full weekend. You get there Thursday. Some of these guys got events on Thursday night. Then it's Friday, X shoe company, X potato chip company, this, that. Um, hey, Jason, we need you to be here to do this. We need you to meet with these kids. They got the NBA Cares events. Then there's Saturday. They do that little BS practice. They do the all the interviews. And then it's like they do some other charity stuff or do some other stuff for their company or whatever. Then they go to All-Star Saturday night. Then they go to the parties. Then Sunday, these fools is tired. Remember, they haven't played 58 games already. So you're asking them to go hell in a high water kind of effort you know, for games, and then like, listen, I'm tired. So I don't know what you do. Do you give them a break? Do you give them, you know, how how do you give it to where they can do it? I think the older players have to take over. You have to probably put some more incentive down. And then, you know, the coaches too. Like, I, I don't, it's hard. It's hard, Gary, but you touched on earlier what I what I think, Ultimately, it should come down to, and it doesn't, and that's pride. Uh, you should have, to me, letting some dude, I don't give a damn whether it's an all-star game or it's a pickup game in, in, at Rucker Park or wherever. You don't let somebody like Cat go off of 50 on the bench with most of what he's getting his layups. You don't let Cats, you know, do double chin-up dunks in a game. I don't care where you're at. Pride has to kick in, and I, I think the NBA can kind of, frankly, Put in some guardrails to help that. For example, why not make why not give incentive to holding a team under 40 points per quarter? Uh like an extra ten thousand dollars, an extra hundred thousand dollars to your charity, or hell, an extra hundred thousand dollars in your team's pocket. Uh and, and why don't we make it like win and take all? Forget the share of the pot. Why don't we make it put all the money that you pour into the all-star game? Put it in one big pot and just say winning team gets the whole enchilada. And, and, and again, you have to think of ways to give these players incentive to play a little bit harder than they are. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to go all out because if, you, if you're Jalen Brown and you got $300 million coming to you this year, you ain't tripping over losing like a million or $2, whatever. That, you'll be like, damn, okay. <laughs> but you will trip over the fact that you got schooled by player XYZ123. That's going to get you salty. And you just might hit him with a hard foul that he don't appreciate. And he just might get in your grill. Mm -hmm. And next thing you know, you come back to the regular season, that just happens to be the first game you play against them. So now all of a sudden, the NBA has created additional storylines. You've created a greater sense of tension, which you need in professional sports. You, you, Everyone can't love everybody. Who the hell wants to watch that? They you want to see a little tension. You want to see, yeah, you want to see guys get at each other a little bit. And the NBA has to figure out ways to utilize the All Star Game to not only generate to keep it from just frankly 
dying a slow death because their numbers are great. But you know, and I know that with the product that they're putting out there now, it's just a matter of when, not if people are just going to be like, F that, that it's weak. I don't tune into the all-star game unless I'm there until late in the third quarter, because I know everything they've done up to that point has been trash. Mm -hmm. uh, layup, I mean, it's basically a glorified layup line for the most part. Uh, now, when it gets to the end, that's when it starts getting real. That's when guys starts starting to ball a little bit. Uh, but they have to do something, though, man, because you, you can't possibly roll out this same format uh, next year. And, and again, I, I think one of the smartest things they can do is try to capitalize on the growing popularity of the WNBA, uh, particularly some of the stars that are not only in the WNBA now, but are coming. It speaks specifically about Caitlin and speaking about Angel Reese, two very high profile individuals who no matter what venue no matter what event that you attach with them you know it's going to be a big draw you know it's going to draw lots of eyeballs and with that comes sponsorships which you already jack up the price for that anyway so that means more money more money more money makes sense i think part of building that, off now. but building that incentive when you think about the players that are in it you look like a, a team like the celtics and tatum and brown both being on this roster there to your point, there's no incentive because right now they're focused on winning a championship. So for them to exert and grin, and of course they still had really good performances, but that being said, a lot of teams, I could understand them not wanting to put in that much effort because they do need to preserve their body. All-star is like losing the weekend that all your, your classmates get to go on vacation. And you're like, yeah, I get to go on vacation, but I'm getting a less amount of time to do so. Granted, I know the this grand scheme of their, you know, the amount of money they have, they can private jet somewhere. But all that being said, for again, a team that is a championship contender, how do you convince them to exert that much energy for an entire weekend, knowing that it doesn't necessarily yes, it's good for marketing, but physically it's draining for them. And again, the goal is to win. The real win. I'm just wondering whether the NBA needs to take a much closer look at that in-season tournament and see if there's some elements of that that they can sprinkle out throughout the regular season. Uh, and make games actually matter more than just a win or a loss. If they have a different kind of value system, a more, I think, significant value system that, you know, if you beat Cleveland by six points, um, beating Cleveland by 15, 16 points might be better. Uh, there, there might be incentive for you to be basically – Stay on your stay on your grind for an extended period of time, and then take that into the All Star Weekend, where again there are potential incentives that you can, frankly, uh, bake into the winning conference, uh, so that potentially you know you could have a situation where if let's say you're the, in the top two or three teams in the East, and you're one of the top two or three teams out West, and you're thinking about home court advantage, you could potentially make it so that the winning conference will get. X number of points towards their overall total, that could be the difference between them having home court and the NBA finals and not. And it's one of those things where if you're players and you know, like, for example, if let's say you're Jason Tatum and let's say you are Joel Embiid and let's say you are Giannis Antetokounmpo and you got the top, you play for the top three teams in the Eastern Conference and you know by winning that All-Star game, it's going to give whoever comes out of the East a slight edge over whoever comes out of the West you are going to have a different kind of mindset going into that all-star game. You're going to be looking to ball because you know that it's good, not just for that moment, but it's good for the overall team that you are the leader of. And they need to figure out a way for these guys to care. 
That's what a lot of this comes down to. They just don't give a damn about All-Star Weekend or the All-Star Game because they're not giving any incentive beyond just a check, which is basically lunch money to them, major payday for us. Well, for them, it's, it's, it's just, it doesn't have the same significance. And they, they need to figure out a way to make these players care about this game. And to me, the one way that you can get their attention is make it impact playoff positioning. Make it impact uh, something that they absolutely care more about. Because every NBA player who's been in the game for five, six, seven, eight years, they ain't worried about money. They're good when it comes to money. They want to win championships because at, the players like Jason Tatum – who has made no made it clear he wants to be an all-time great. He knows that ain't going to happen unless he wins a chip. Figuring out ways to get him even beyond just the regular season, but also an all-star weekend to keep that same edge about him. To, you're looking for ways to do that. And, and giving him and giving Giannis and guys who are playing on those top-tier teams an opportunity uh, to improve their lot, so to speak, makes a lot of sense. Totally makes sense. The moral of the story is that the NBA does need to evolve as the same way the game has their structure and their season needs to as well. Get your buckets with your first bet at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams. Quick bets. Live same game parlays exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Massachusetts 21 plus and present in MA. Hope is here. First online real money line wager. Only $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling Helpline MA.org or call 800 327 5050 for 24 7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1 800 GAM 1234. So, moving on, Tatum and Brown, let's talk about specifically Jalen Brown's slam dunk contest. I want to hear both of your top thoughts. He had an assist from Tatum. I saw the report that the glove I th- was that you Gary the silver glove was uh owed to Michael Jackson who is very <laughs> Indiana which uh, other people did not pick up on that they thought he was trying to prove that he can go left so that one went over a lot of people's heads so the results do you agree with them what did you think about his performance I was I, it's been a long time coming I've always wanted to see Brown be in this dunk contest but it was it was an experience here's the thing and and, and i'm gonna be real short with this jalen brown found himself literally competing with guys out of his league as in the nba he was dealing i mean it's it's like i mean and i feel bad for him because no matter what he did he wasn't gonna win because he had not one not two but three underdogs and Mm. one of the underdogs was like not even six feet tall and mac deserved to win i thought he was i thought of all the four, the, the person who wound up winning was deserving, but Jalen shouldn't have been there, or they should have found, frankly, at least, I mean, you didn't even get the best topping, brother. That's what. That's what, you, yeah. I mean, you you got you got the JV version of one of the better dunkers out there, and to me, it, it's again adding to my my trash file, slam dunk contest. 
Yeah. That's all I can No, because to your point, then it's like, how do you incentivize incentivize other NBA players that are household names to play? You better believe no. that Jalen, when, when Jalen found out who was competing, he was like, wait, what? I know he was mad. Like, seriously? He's like, like Jalen feels played. I know there's a part of him, you may not admit it, but it's just they like. They used him. They oak-yoked <laughs> me big time. Because let's they be honest, if he up. wasn't in it, who would have actually watched it? They got me up in here with some G. These ain't even all G League All Stars. We got one, maybe two G League All Stars. The rest of them is just G League players. Come on. Uh, you got Gary. Oh, yeah. Um, I thought the dunk contest. I mean, don't try to make it sound sweet, Gary, because you know it's trash. <laughs> no, I don't think. I thought Jalen was better than people thought. I thought Jalen actually did okay. I don't think he was. I don't think he should have won. I thought he deserved. I thought Max Mac McClung did it, but you know we just got to stop the jumping over certain uh, three, two, three guys. Oh. But that's getting old. We got to stop. We got to retire Shaq from being a prop. We got to get over that. Um, we Wimby's to, up next. Yeah, we have to start right. working on our. We have to start working on our um, creativity. creativity. Yeah, and we have to start working on. And you look in the streets and see some of these brothers and. Doing seven twenties, like we've gotta, we gotta put the work into it to get good. Well, and you also have to have some crowd. of the games best, some of the games best dunkers to participate. And you can't have, you got guys, you know, like Hami Hakez got hops. I thought it was he, he you know, he tried his best. And Jacob Toppin, who's kind of a G leaguer, um, he is. It'll you know, kind of Gary Mac McClung. I mean, I think it's embarrassing that the league can't get anything more than like a rookie besides Jalen to participate. I think that's embarrassing. But what can the league do? What can the league in and the players have to see it upon themselves to want to do this? But the problem is when you look at the three point contest, like we don't know who was. Do you remember who was eliminated in the first round? I know Malik Beasley was. I can't remember. Like uh, I think Carl, no, Carthy Towns advanced. I think it was uh, Trey Young didn't make it. We're not calling Trey Young a terrible shooter. We're not calling him trash. We're not saying he's he just didn't have it that night. It's okay. You can enter next year, right? And and the thing is, Dame Lillard went one. You know, um, and it was like, hey, you can you can. Enter as many you can win three and four three point shootouts. No one, no one judges, but for some reason, people judge a slam dunk competition, and people are all hard and oh that was whack and that was ridiculous and oh you should have. And it's just like we have gotten so used to the trampoline guys and all these guys doing you know these regular looking guys who jump on a damn trampoline and do you know backflips and dunk it that it's taken the luster out of the regular dunk. And yeah. so I think this the you got to have some more creativity. You got to have maybe consult with what get you know hey, get one of these guys to be a dunk coach. Some of these dudes in the streets who can do all this fancy stuff, work with Jalen, work with guys so these guys can do some of these dunks because we got to bring the luster back. I don't think you should scrap it. But you got to have guys bold enough to want to enter it, you know. And we did for a while. We had Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine. And we have, we had one of the best all-time yeah. great dunk contests. Yeah. But we just it's it's lost its luster, 
the veterans are like, no, I'm not going out there doing all that stuff. You know, I'll just watch. And then the young guys are like, okay, but you never heard of him. How many people heard of Jacob Toppin? I was like, oh, wait a minute. I didn't know Obi had a little brother in the league. Yeah. You know, how many, Mac McClung, he's played four NBA games. That's it. And they came after, I think he won his second book. Yeah, we can't, you know, he's, he's not signed to an NBA deal. He's not on a two-way. He's just playing in the G League. You know, and how many Hawkins is, is going to be on the all-rookie team. But he's not somebody you look and be like, oh, that's a high flyer. That's a dude who's like, he'll just jam on you. Like, I can't there, remember him dunking in the game against the Celtics. No, but we didn't have the, this generation, this current, no no Zion, no Ja, no, a lot of these guys who can really get up. And Edwards, you don't Edwards, put a Nope, 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 nope. So what can you do? You got to talk those guys, and I don't know if it's going to be incentive again, but talk those guys into doing it. And All-Star Saturday night has lost its luster in terms of, remember, the old days for years, it was the place to be, the sideline, all the all-stars, even guys who were just in the league who were just there for the weekend, all watching from the side, all their their teammates and their friends competing. And you don't see that no more. You don't see it's a bunch of social media influencers just watching it and celebrities. Jason, love Jason. Jason, after he helped Jalen out, he left, he left. He didn't watch the fight. He didn't even take his coat off. Yeah. He left. <laughs> he didn't even take his coat off. He so, was like that dude that showed up to the party and said, hey, y'all, how y'all doing? Yeah. I, hey, listen, okay. I, I catch y'all around the way. These guys rather go to dinner. They rather go, they rather go to dinner and get go go to the Nike party or the Jordan party or the they rather do that than stay for the it used to be that that's where the players were. Everybody on the side, look at all the faces. Now it's like Giannis and those guys, a couple, but not like it used to be. And I don't know why, whether it's. I it's they don't give a damn. Yeah, like I, 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 I wanted to. Is it also the city too? You think the city makes a difference? I, I feel like that has to play a role, the, the destination. Yeah, but I do think the, a lot of players still go to All-Star you know, for certain promotional purposes, even the ones that don't make the all-star team. But I, you're right. I, you're right, um, Kwani. I do think the the city has something to do with it. But I also think these guys, the like, being there doesn't have the luster than that it used to be. That's right. right. Um, in terms of even on Saturday night. So... I don't know how to get these young generation engaged more, but something's got to be done. And I think the player association, if they didn't know it before, they know it now. Like, okay, we got to have some discussions about how to improve this because we we're getting embarrassed here and people are not talking positive about our sport. All right. Talking about Tatum, actually, he, I was surprised by this as well, but, Apparently, Jason Tatum met Larry Bird for the first time this past weekend. Were you too surprised about that fact? Because, again, I did not realize those two hadn't met. And why or why not would you be surprised? You got Gary. I wasn't surprised. I mean, when are they supposed to meet? Like, Larry Bird is a – he's the anti-Magic Johnson. He's a very low profile. 
True. He doesn't do a lot of interviews. Yeah. He doesn't go. He doesn't come back to Boston. He, he he just does his thing. So when is when exactly are they supposed to meet? Larry doesn't come to Boston. He doesn't go to a lot of these like NBA alumni where you see a lot of the same former players come out and and celebrate. And that's great. That's the, a lot of these guys are into that. It's like anything else. If you go to your high school reunion. You know, I don't know. I mean, Quan, I know it's a, a few years or many years before your 20th, but when you get your 20th, about 30% of your class is going to show. The other I 70%, yeah, the <laughs> other 70% are like, no, I'm good. Like, I ain't, why, you know, no, I'm good. That was 20 years ago. I got other stuff to do with my money. I'm not, <laughs> I don't need to see people, you know. <laughs> Bobo and, and and Coco anymore and and, and little monster. No, I'm okay with them. Who are these people, Gary? Bobo and Coco, <laughs> Kilo and you know. Oh yeah, you, you got your class basically. Like, why is he putting up our like, why is he, why is he putting... I'm just saying, it's oh. just so Larry doesn't. He's one of those guys that keeps a low profile. So no, I'm not surprised, and I don't blame him, and I don't blame anybody else. <laughs> He doesn't come to reunions. Robert Parrish doesn't come out very much. Some guys just aren't into it. Yeah, and, and like, oh, come back to Boston for for <laughs> like <laughs> Jersey retirement or KG's Jersey. Like, you don't see it as much. And it's fine. And, and I don't blame Larry. I don't blame any. I don't blame the Celtics. You know, but when he was there, he was comfortable. He showed up. He's like, okay, I'm going to be one of the hosts of this thing and I'm going to shake hands and I'm, I want, you know, I thought it was an awesome, neat moment. Yeah. Like, I don't know what people are asking. Why, why has it been seven years? Like is, is Larry supposed to come to Boston and shake hands with all the current Celtics? Like he's just, that's not him. He's not Paul Pierce. He's not Garnett. Yeah. He's not these guys. He's a 64 year old man who stays. Um, if I'm not mistaken, who stays, in suburban Indianapolis and just stays to himself and does his thing. That's it, okay. It is. It, I mean, it is okay. there's nothing wrong with that. He shouldn't have to um, be out like, oh, he's, that's a shame that he hasn't met. Is he supposed to meet all the current Celtics? Like, yeah. is that a rule? Okay, but here, but Gary, here's yeah. my thing, though. Here's Get my it. thing. I, I, I agree with most of what you're saying, but, but as Jason continue to just shatter or break damn near every record at that age group and most of those records were held by larry i would have thought that you being in your suburban indianapolis crib when the celtics came to indy you might just want to see young fella up close uh because it literally would take you basically a small uber ride if you didn't feel like driving or you could get in your whip and you can get there in your damn uh, you will get a good seats. You will get good tickets. So you ain't got to worry about that. I would have thought that that would have happened by now, only just because of the way Jason has gone about taking an all-out assault on damn near every Celtic record, many of which Larry already owns. I, I would have thought that maybe he would have reached out in that regard. And because, again, to your point, Gary, he ain't coming back to Boston to say what's up to Jason Tatum. That ain't going to happen. Uh, there has to be a reason why. And I would have thought that maybe with the Celtics popping into town that at some point in the last three years, he might've swung over there just to see, see young fella. Uh, 
But, yeah. but yeah, I don't you, think you also got. I don't think you also had a pandemic. You also like. I'm just not gonna. I, I just checked. Larry's 67 years 67, old. 67. Yeah. I'm not gonna turn around and blame him because he doesn't come around and go into the locker room during a regular season game and go, "Hey, Jason, how are you? I'm Larry Bird." You know, no. Can like, you and I be friends? Yeah, no. like it's just not where it is. He was it All Star Weekend. He showed does. Does you know do 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 every team's great? Does Michael Jordan go into the Bulls locker room and shake hands with Zach Levine? No, he don't even show when they when they raise exactly. Him, so. I mean, he barely like you know like not, how many players are really doing? How many foreign players are really doing that? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Some of these guys like he's not Magic. Ma- that's a Magic Johnson thing. Isaiah Thomas, I'm sure, knows a lot of current guys. You know the, the like there's there's. Play, former players who really embrace the younger players. Larry just stays to I don't think he dislikes. He literally said in his speech at the Legends Brunch, he likes the game the way it's played today. He loves it. Mm-hmm. He, he's not a bitter old man. He just doesn't like to get out. That's fine. He doesn't do a lot of media. He doesn't do a lot of interviews. He's not, a, you know, so that's, that's fine. So I don't expect that he's going to meet Jason and go in there and go, hey, Jason, I'm Larry Bird. I'm the man you wish you could be. Like, no, he's not going to like, he's not going to shake. You know, it's like when it's right, it's right. He said something. I am him, Jason. Yeah, I like, am him. <laughs> oh, like now, I'm sure if the Celtics said, hey, Larry, could you talk to our guys? Or maybe if one of the Stevens or Missoula or somebody approached him and said, hey, Larry, could you speak to our guys? I'm sure he would probably done that. Has that ever happened? I'm not sure. I'm not going to blame. Indiana in the playoffs would not be surprised. If yeah, I'm Brad not going to blame Larry Bird. And also, Larry's an executive for the Pacers. He go, he, he gonna hang out with other teams. Like, so I don't <laughs> blame Larry for doing that. I think we all know Larry Bird's a private guy. We don't see a lot magic. Magic turned 60. The whole world saw where Magic was every step of the moment turning 60. He went to the islands, Greek islands, Italy. He was so like, I was with him. Yeah, like it was like <laughs> Magic is one of those guys that he 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 really is a public guy. And we he always has been. And Larry's been the private guy, you know. And and Larry did a couple interviews this weekend, All-Star Weekend. He made a speech at the Legends Brunch. You know, he did what he's supposed to do, and he's going to go right back to just chilling and being like a a retired legend. And that's, you know, that's okay. No, I respect it. And everyone has an individuality that should be embraced. And Gary, I mean, Larry, (laughs) Gary, Larry, Larry has always kind of given that personality anyway. So it was more of a, still a shock for me, because again, you talk about Celtics history, but to your point, it's, not always necessary for them to all have met but closing out let's look ahead all-star break is officially well not officially over they have two or three days to go to mexico or something but what do you guys want to see from them and specifically when it comes to what they can improve on as they look towards this not formal second half but after this all-star break half i want to see more of those end of the bench guys play uh, because if they're playing more, that means Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Al Horford, Porzingis are playing less. And I want to see less of them 
closing out the season because I think they're going to need them to play extended minutes in the playoffs. And Joe Mazzulla, that's really the, the balancing act that he's going to have to strike between now and the end of the regular season is giving his core guys enough downtime so that they're fresh and ready to roll come playoff time without them being rusty or without them being overtaxed. And, and to me, I look at guys like Tillman. Uh, I look at guys like Peyton Pritchard, who I think is trending in the right direction with his play of late. And, and as guys that you need to see more of going forward, because those are the guys that, again, I think can help you get through the regular season, keep your core guys healthy enough for the postseason and prepare themselves for the, in case of an emergency, I got to play Peyton Pritchard's 25, 30 minutes. He's had, you know, a good month and some change where he played, you know, pretty good minutes. So this, that role wouldn't be something that all of a sudden he has to adapt to and get used to. So I, I think that's what I want to see. I want to see Joe really figure out that balance between keeping his core guys fresh and ready for the playoffs while giving opportunities for some of those end of the bench guys to close this thing out and, and help them secure that top seed overall. Yeah, I want to see um, them just punch first, take every game seriously, and give themselves a break for the last couple of weeks of the season. Like, make sure that keep a comfortable lead in the Eastern Conference and make sure the last couple of weeks is 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 time for Porzingis to get rest, Horford to get rest, even Jason and Jalen here and there to get rest and make sure that they're ready and they get that number one seed. So the schedule is a little bit difficult. Obviously, it starts with the Bulls and the Knicks. Then I think it's Philadelphia and Dallas. So not easy games, but take it and then post into that number one seed. And then you, you get it. You're healthy for the playoffs and you're ready. And like Sherrod said, see what you got out of Jade Springer. See what you got out of Xavier Tillman. Mix some match rotations, figure some things out, but also get some rest in April to where April is not a stressful month. Let all the other teams fight it out for number two seed or avoid the play-in. You have the number one seed all set and ready to go, and you're ready for the playoffs. Backs. Yeah, so for those who are itching for Celtics basketball, like Gary said, the next game will be on Thursday. They'll play the Bulls. The Knicks after that, then they'll be back at the TD Garden the following Tuesday to play the Sixers. Obviously, we'll probably have met by then, if not meet right after for another episode of the Big 3 NBA podcast. So until then, we hope you are all in residence slash all-star weekend. But we'll be back next week. Thank you all for listening.